First time I made Valerie cry from laugh from laughter. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to think I only make Valerie cry from laughter, but it's happened a few I times. I mean, once you made me cry from not laughter, but you know. <laughs> Welcome to the Story Thinker, a Webtoons and Witcher podcast for super fans with scene by scene analysis. Featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture, we dive deep into character psychology, relationships, and theories. We'd love it if you could like, subscribe, comment, and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media. For bonus content, you can support the Story Thinker on Patreon. Let's begin. <laughs> oh. Hello, everyone. And today, welcome to a very special episode. We have Tim and Valerie here from Whiskey with Witcher. Hey. And I want them to tell you all about their podcast, but before they do, I just want to say that it is my favorite Witcher podcast. I hope that's like not mean to say or playing favorites, Aww. but it really is. I mean, I, we love to hear it. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's really sweet. Yeah. Tim and Valerie are very entertaining. They're hilarious. I love that you have different sections in your podcast. It makes it really interesting. Um, I feel like I learn a lot besides for your um, analysis. It's also like there's one of my favorite sections, like I said, is when you compare um, the books and the show, and also the Kier Moron, who's stupidest in the episode. Fantastic. <laughs> and I love that you guys disagree with each other and bring out different elements. So I love it. But now, yes, please tell us about yourself and a little bit more about the podcast. Thank you. Well, I'm Valerie, and this is Tim. Hey. And we do the Whiskey with Witcher podcast. Uh, we are real life BFFs who, during the pandemic, hyper fixated on Witcher and decided, you know what, let's do a podcast about it. We're also big whiskey fans. So we basically pair a whiskey which each, with each episode of the show, which has hilarious results, a question mark <laughs> sometimes. But yeah, and we talk about things from the games, the books, the TV show. The TV show is our main focus, but we've explored like all sorts of elements of the Witcher universe. We even just had an episode about the comic books so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean valerie summed it up really nicely um you know we just i'm just really kind of there for <laughs> I mean, we're both big fans but um but that's i think that's kind of what our thing is is we approach it from different mm -hmm. um, um directions and i suspect you're the same way mindy um you know like we all kind of respond to to different things we came to it through different ways. I mean, I think Valerie's not wrong. The show was sort of our first big exposure to it. But prior to that, I had played a fair amount of the game. So I at least knew who um, Geralt and the world was. And I knew who Yennefer was even before she became, you know, how we think of her now on the show. So, you know, it just, we we came from it in different er areas. And I think we have different sensibilities. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, I, I, yeah, I think it, I think we do a, a fun job. Um, like unpacking each episode and each book or whatever we're discussing um, in a way that's not too serious. Yeah, um, Tim and I, we both work in media. So we come to it from like a media critical lens, but also like I've been involved in fandom for <laughs> decades, <laughs> a long time. So I, you know, I'm used to the fandom side of things in a way that I think other podcasts maybe don't necessarily talk about. They do a deeper dive into like the lore and the mythos and mythology and everything. Whereas we're like, we want to see these two characters kiss. They're both so pretty. <laughs> so that's kind of more our speed and, you know, alcohol. <laughs> um, I, but like, I have zero appreciation for alcohol. So like, I realized that I didn't even mention that. In the oh, no, that's totally fair though. I think most people, like that was the hook. We were trying to come up with something to like set ourselves apart when we first wanted to do this podcast. And that's what we landed on. But yeah, a lot of people I think come for the Witcher and maybe learn a thing or two about the whiskey industry, but 
you know, we have people that are into the whiskey and not so much the Witcher and people that are into the Witcher and don't care about the whiskey. And that's totally fine. A listen is a listen. You're welcome regardless. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am a little curious, though, Mindy, how you got into the Witcher, because it is so different than everything else you discuss on on your podcast here yeah so it was in a really interesting roundabout way um my husband had actually watched the witcher because he loves fantasy in general and um you know massive lord of the rings fan and mm -hmm. all that stuff but i don't watch violent things so he never even like asked me to watch it with him because he knew that this was like off the table and i was okay how was it let's play the webtoon let's play was optioned um to be a um anime by I think it was Hive Mind Entertainment and so I was looking mm -hmm. up Hive Mind Entertainment because I was like oh I would love to be a part of it like maybe I'll just be like hey uh you know hire me and I then I found that I think Lauren was a, Lauren Hisrich was associated with Hive Mind Entertainment so I was listening to interviews with her and then she was talking about The Witcher I was like wow this sounds really interesting yeah. and I started watching The Witcher and believe it or not I was actually able to ignore or stomach the violence and I really enjoyed it <laughs> So surprise, surprise. <laughs> so it was actually through Webtoons that I got oh, into it. Nice. Okay. That's interesting. And I the fact that you read. Yeah. So, what do you think it is for you, though, um, that really made it, set it apart from these other sort of bio, occasionally violent fantasy series out there? Because um, it is like none of the other ones. I mean, I, I've not listened to your, all the history of your podcast, but I don't know that you normally talk about this sort of content no. on it. so I've, I still I've only talked about webtoons but in terms of like what I engage in personally I read a ton of fantasy but I will admit mm. it's mainly like YA fantasy written by females which I do think is very much more focused on like the romance mm -hmm. than the violence so I don't I still don't think I've watched like other typical like typically violent fantasy shows um, actually because of Henry Cavill, I was, I was listening to an interview with him once and he talked about like the fantasy books that he'd grown up on that he loved. So I went and I read them at the library and I was not into them, let's just say. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I hate to be like, um, you know, war of the genders or something, but I, I really yeah. think men and women have different sorts of interests in, or at least on the whole. And I was just, I didn't, I didn't relate to any of the books that he was into. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I guess Witcher has enough of that emotional, um, hole for me to be into it nice yeah yeah like I do think Valerie and I have talked about other shows on the podcast we just did an episode um a Halloween episode devoted to Wednesday um mm -hmm. but I don't know that we would ever um, like I'll never say never but I don't know that we would ever do sort of a tradition another traditional fantasy show like this because I do find that we kind of tend to disagree on them pretty mm -hmm. not in the not in an interesting way it's just like Valerie doesn't like them enough well, to there aren't talk that about many them. for starters There's, yeah that's you know, true too like Game of Thrones and Wheel of Time and Lord yeah. of the Rings yeah and I think that might be it <laughs> yeah and then some of the you know the dramas from other countries that aren't like western media they have a few but yeah there's yeah. not that many but i was thinking like i don't think we'd ever yeah do an episode where we talked about any of those ones you just met like yeah. i i told i told you at one point i'd love to talk about game of thrones or house of the dragons and you just you know you just have no interest just in it no interest in reading the book sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> zero um, interest <laughs> so it's like it yeah i just think that's the thing you might you know you may be right um valerie and i have like it's not just witcher for us like there's other things we're both into but i wouldn't call any of them fantasy so mm -hmm. i find yeah. that i find that interesting Right.
Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually thinking, I think this will be the only Witcher content I produce because I kind of, I was, I wasn't sure if I wanted to introduce, you know, anything besides for Webtoons because I figured it made sense. And now I'm thinking like, maybe I'll, I will just stick to Webtoons, but honestly, it doesn't matter much because it's not like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have the emotional bandwidth or the energy bandwidth yeah. to do episode by episode for, for anything else right now besides for Webtoons. So if I do like one Webtoons, one Witcher thing a year, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It does. It does take yeah. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm impressed you're able to get them out as regularly as you are. We yeah, need it's, it's, I definitely feel myself slowing down <laughs> so as yeah. I get with my other things in my life. But um, yeah, so I'm trying to you know make sure I actually am consistent with the webtoons content. So, but yes, for episode by episode analysis, please go to Whiskey with Witcher. Thank <laughs> you. And they were doing a great job, and it's wonderful. So what we're going to be doing for this episode, I prepared a list of 20, 21 questions. We'll see how many we get through of just fun questions like most this, least that, worst this. And I hope you'll find the fun. And I'm curious to see what you guys, you know, how our answers diverge. Um, we stick stuck to, you know, within this season. So I am curious. All right. Ready to start? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. First one, wittiest comeback. Yeah, I mean, I loved Yaskir's whole thing in the in the forest where he says to Milva, "How dare you? I would milk his death for like three songs and maybe That's an epic one. poem." And I also just really love the swagger on Radovid, comma Prince. Like that was also pretty great. Is that swaggery? Like you I know? Think so he's I, like a prince. He's like yeah, yeah. Radovid, comma See, Prince. <laughs> I thought I thought that was a little awkward, but I was it was a good line. Like yeah. I liked it, but I didn't really see it as swaggery. But maybe uh, I misread I that. There one. was some there. Yeah, there was some heat on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, could reflect Radovid in general because what you know, on the one hand, he's this very praised, you know, op, you know, yeah, prince. On the other hand, he's also awkward. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> um. But I mean, that was what made him so endearing. Um, mine, I have a couple that were, you know, I couldn't decide between the two. So, um, but they're they're short. Like I like, um, you know, Falca, like this this in whether it's a real Falca or this, you know, um, image of Falca that shows up near the end. I like her just kind of sassiness and witty wittiness, and I just loved her line like that she says to Siri, another tip don't punch rocks, <laughs> um, you know, just because it's like, it's like, yes, I did something stupid. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> and then the other one is, um, um, I'm a huge, um, Philippa Eilhart fan, especially as she's portrayed on the show by Cassie Clare and, um, and her, her line, she says to Dijkstra after he's been completely messed up by, by Geralt and is, is there like limping around is, you know, when she, after she says she can't portal him out, um, or explains that to him, she says, good thing you enjoy pain. Yeah. So I say you can limp out of the, out of the castle. So those were my two favorites. Yeah, those are funny. So I'm, I also love Yaskier. So mm -hmm. my line is Yaskier line and his is um, first episode. He's like, when will magic sexy women just stop jumping out at me? <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that is a good one. I had forgotten about yeah. that one, but I like that one. <laughs> yeah, no, Yaskier has, like, I figured you would quote, would pick Yaskier lines. So, mm -hmm. I love so much. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. <laughs> a little flaky, but he's adorable. <laughs> So next one is most cringe scene. And I already know mine is not going to be one of yours. So <laughs> oh, really? well, so, okay, I, I, I'll go, I'll start this one off because I have a feeling, I think I know what you meant by this question, but I kind of went with like, 
the scene that I think is deliberately sort of a little mm. cringy, which I'm just going to say the line for you. You'll recognize it right away. Certainly Valerie will. Um, nah, you can't play a player. Yeah. That's what I always say. He's hiding something. And if I'm going to help Geralt, I need to find out what that is because Geralt is a hammer. You know, <laughs> you're confused. When you're a hammer, every problem is a nail. You see a nail and you're like, fuck this nail, fuck that nail in particular. And you hammer the nail. But sometimes the problem is something else. Sometimes the problem is uh, a bowl of petunias or a bowl of porridge. And you can't hammer a bowl of porridge. I mean, you can try, but then your hammer gets all gunked up. Porridge goes everywhere and then you have no porridge. The solution requires a different kind of tool and Radovid is that tool radovid is a spoon <laughs> like like yasker is usually so witty and yet every now and then he he says the most awkward uncomfortable cringy things and i love the scene because i was wondering you know he's saying this all to vespula um as she's getting dressed after they've presumably spent the night together and i'm like what is she going to say to all this and i love that she recognizes that you know, he's kind of falling for Radovid. So yeah. um, that was my, yeah, it was, it was deliberately like I was, I remember when he, I first heard this and he was delivering that. I'm like, oh, oh, you're just digging it deeper. <laughs> Yaskir, come on. So to me, that's, that's cringy, but it's meant to be cringy. It's not like, oh, this scene doesn't work. Like, which I think maybe is what we were looking for on that one. I don't know. <laughs> You also, when, when yeah, he said, you know, Radovid is a tool, I felt, I figured it was meant to be like a double language, like for the audience, we were supposed to think it, that Radovid is a tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> I'm curious about Valerie's. <laughs> mine's, mine's controversial because I, uh, uh, I took I, it literally. I went for I know. French. I figured you did. Yeah. I, almost, I have a feeling I have a, well, let's see what scene it is. It, I, it's, it's, it's some. something you're thinking, but I, I picked a different scene, but, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the scene where Geralt's crying over his dead mom. I know, I know, <laughs> I know it's controversial. I just like the contacts, the, it just didn't work for me. It felt very flat. It felt kind of shoehorned in. Like I get what they were trying to go for. They're trying to build up the dichotomy between Geralt as a parent versus like what he was raised with and how he would never leave his daughter. You know, I understand like the point of the scene, but it just felt so like, oh, and here's this lady that happened to know your mom. How did she know you're not? We're not really gonna, you know, she just knew her. And did you know her? Maybe yes, maybe no. How'd you find her? I don't know. It just, it didn't make sense for me. It kind of didn't work. And, you know, kudos to Henry Cavill for trying to work through those contacts, but it was just like, it felt really flat to me. Like the emotion just wasn't there. That's funny. I think I might have chosen it as like my saddest scene. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, but that's a fun thing about media, right? Like everybody interprets it in different ways. So yeah. Yeah. And I know that what I chose, I know you guys liked. Um, mm. for me, the scene between Dijkstra and Philippa was like, ah, get me. I was I was wondering. I was wondering. Yeah, the SM scene. Yeah. Other people, I think you're not yeah, alone. felt that yeah. way about that scene, but I don't know. I love it. Yeah. I love that they went there. <laughs> I know um, my husband and I were discussing it because we watched some of it together. And mm -hmm. I know that you got you talked about how you felt it did suit Dijkstra's character because harsh people need like a letdown or a release. Yeah. Um, we both felt the opposite. We were like, mm -hmm he's never gonna let someone do that to him like it's like it didn't seem to fit him but listen that's what you know we both see see things <laughs> different ways but yeah i mean that's the cool thing about like i said everybody interprets it in their own way and i think that's what makes it really interesting and juicy is you can get all these fun interesting interpretations mm -hmm. off of it yeah no i just find um 
and and this might come up in a little bit again, I just find the relationship between Dijkstra and Philippa so interesting and compelling and it surprises me. And it like, I, um, like, I think you know, throughout the course of um, watching season three, and this is informed by having read the books and, and played the game and, and stuff, I kept expecting it to sort of zig and it would zag instead yeah. and mm -hmm. um, kept surprising me and catching me off guard um, so that while it's not it's it's not that different than what's actually established in the book it's they've add enough of these sort of different surprising elements to it that it still managed to keep me guessing and um, to me it's one of the strongest well I wouldn't say that there's a lot I think season three does mm -hmm. well but it's certainly been one of the ones I enjoy the aspects I've enjoyed most so, I feel like yeah. I need to clarify just so like your your listeners don't come after me with pitchforks for <laughs> being mean about the the emotional mom scene. But like, oh. yeah, it just didn't the pieces didn't connect for me in that way. <laughs> I, I do agree that scene. the um the part with his mom and the fact that they have to seek her out that meaning the mom's yeah. friends, I do think that didn't seem authentic. Like it yeah, was, it was like, a little weird. But I like, you know, I was touched when he started crying. I, there's, yeah. Say, there's nothing I love more than a man crying. I let, like, I just wish they no. would have CG. They, they CG the eyes. This is my, guys, this is the hill I will die on, the CG. Uh, they CGI'd the eyes a lot more this season, which I thought was awesome. And I was so happy that they did that. I don't know why they didn't do it for that scene. Because yeah. I just think it would have been, it would have worked so much better to have him cry and not have those like weird, um, you know, the lenses kind of blocking the soul. It just didn't work for me. Like CG so, more eyes. <laughs> you know, it's feel, because, sorry, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just gonna say, I feel like yellow contacts is just a a, a hard yeah. ass. It is, yeah. it is, yeah. Like I just finished watching One Piece and that character who has yellow eyes in that show, I strong disagree with whoever said it works for him too, because it doesn't. Like <laughs> he looks just as bad as Henry Cavill does in the yellow eyes. Yeah. And then meanwhile, we were watching Wednesday and we had, um, what's her name, Bianca with the light blue eyes. And like that worked. I think it's just yellow is hard, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard to do. So this actually might be a good time to take a break from the these questions because I know we want to talk about wigs. I want to hear you talk about wigs, Mindy, so much. I'm so excited. I feel like I should have worn it. It's right here in the closet. Um, nice. <laughs> okay, so a little bit of background. I'm Orthodox Jewish, and where I come from, um, women, once they get married, they cover their hair in general, and then generally when they go out with a wig. I happen to have a massive collection of hats um, because personally, I thought that covering your hair with a wig made no sense. So I, I generally wear a wig <laughs> only um, like for family occasions mm -hmm. or like where it's you know, my mom would be disappointed if I wore a hat because it's not as fancy. So, <laughs> and then I was, there was a job that I worked at that I had to wear a wig every day. But in any case, I have a collection of some costume wigs and then I have like a more expensive wig. But the point is, is I grew up in a culture where people, when they get married, they spend thousands of dollars on their wigs. Mm -hmm. And it's like a major thing. Like they go shopping, they get it customized. You know, now there's lace front is like a big deal where you have all these baby hairs you add. Mm -hmm. So Here's my, my, my thing on wigs. And I always, I also know people who make wigs. So from what I understand, right, normal people have like a certain volume of hair. Some of us have more hair, some of us have less. Wigs generally have like, are composed of like eight people's hair, apparently. It's like a lot of, it takes, mm. it's a lot more vol voluminous than a regular person's hair. And there's a problem when you can see it in, in, in the movie. So I'll give you an example of a wig that I never saw as a wig, Geralt's wig. Um, reason being a, it's like growing out of his head because he has stuff like here. And then it's also not as voluminous. 
but Siri's wig bothered me the entire time because every wig sits that is very voluminous sits like on top of a person's head. Like you mm. see that it's like lifted, elevated by like one to two inches. That was one problem. The other problem was that she had no baby hairs over here. Like it was maybe from here and, but there was no like small hairs um, with a net that like a better wig would have. And I think Geralt does have that type of wig where like the hair seemed to grow from his temples. She only had like the hair connected with the lace front on top. And then what there's a, a trick that a lot of Jewish women do is they like take out some of their hair and like put it here so that it looks like natural. Mm -hmm. But that's what, um, yeah, what's it called? Siri had it the entire time. She always had these two little strands. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so wooden. It was straw-like. It was way too voluminous. It was way it was, like higher up and it did not have any of the side hair. So it was very, very wig-like to me. <laughs> Yeah, oh. Yennefer's too, I thought was yeah. just like, it looked It looked like a wig. It just looked like a Halloween, you know, party city wig that they put on Anya. And I'm like, oh, why? I thought Radovid's was good. Like Radovid's looked yeah, great. Yeah, I didn't even know Radovid had a wig. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's his wig. But yeah, but I don't know. The girls, it just didn't work for me. That's interesting though. Like, I mean, I, I put that in, like, you're not, you know, like, that's not your business. You don't work in, you're not a, a wig creator or design, but you have like, such a uh, familiarity with them you almost come to it as like sort of a professional outlook because I feel like that's the sort of thing the average person might not pick up on but you know you always hear like people in the industry like my my wife works in in visual effects and it's just like there's times she's like yeah that looks so bad and I'm like yeah. to me I'm looking at it and I'm like it looks fine. Like, I guess if you stop and pick it apart, maybe it looks fake, but like, I um, mean, she'll just right off the bat be like, nah, that's not good visual oh, that's, effects. That's me with, <laughs> with like the graphics, whenever, which are like yeah. this key art and stuff. I'm like, oh, that person looks Photoshopped in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember you said that when yeah. they released the key art originally. You're like, yeah, this just looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, to me, I'm like, it looks fine. You're like, no, it looks no. fine. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, if you know what you're looking for, then yeah. you're like, ooh, I see what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh. so I, like, I didn't notice the eyes necessarily. Um, yeah. I remember you mentioned, I was just listening, listening to episode six this morning and you mentioned about um, Yen's purple eyes. I happen to love purple eyes. So I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, even if it maybe didn't look realistic, I was like, oh, it looks so pretty. It's purple. So, you know, that that didn't bother yeah, me. For me, it's not the, the realism of that. It's the contacts. When they use the contacts, the contacts look weird. It's just they're thick. They You lose the, I keep saying the soul, but you lose the soul in the eyes when you have these like really thick contacts and there's some contacts that work i think istrid's contacts are fine like mm -hmm. i don't think he looks odd but there's just something about the thickness of the purple and the yellow ones so when and in series too a little bit so when they're using the cgi I, I don't care about the color i just think it looks so much more natural and realistic yeah i i, I would have to watch it again and like think yeah. is this cgi is this context so i wouldn't i didn't think about it yeah, I, I, usually, I, realize, I usually don't either, Mindy. I realize this one is or a two me scenes. thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just fully aware that this is just like a random me thing and most people do not care. <laughs> it's yeah. Fun. It's fun to see what everyone picks up on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's usually like Valerie has these stronger opinions that I'm like, okay, I can see... I definitely see her her comments on the 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 costumes this season and definitely the wigs, <laughs> but the contacts by and large, I'm still like, eh. I don't know. We just got off of watching the Hexer. You know, this is yeah. not that bad. <laughs> yeah, well. so, um, That's what you compare it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hexer, for any of your listeners who don't know, is the Polish, um, the early 2000s um, Polish language adaptation of The Witcher that came out before the Netflix series. And we did a whole season about that, <laughs> which um, we had never seen it before. And now we've watched it so you don't have to. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I intended to watch it and I didn't. And whatever. I mean, it's char. <laughs> it has its charms. Like yeah. if you're a Witcher fan, there are parts of it that are fun. But yeah, the trend. There's no official translation for it, so there are these fan subs that are just awful. They're just that's, not. Yeah, and I wonder how much of fun. Though. Yeah, it's it like, is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you know these awful translations, and you know we we definitely had some like we lost our stuff like sometimes just like over some of those translations. Yeah. <laughs> First time I made Valerie cry from laugh from laughter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it, was you know, an it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I I I would like to think I only make Valerie cry from laughter, but it's happened a few. I times. mean, once you made me cry from not laughter, but you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we've both cried on the podcast. Yeah, so, from um. not laughter, um, which I think might come up in just yeah. a minute <laughs> okay yeah so actually before we go to our next question okay so next question most emotional scene for you guys <laughs> do you want to go tim <laughs> well like we i alluded to it earlier you know yeah. it was like there's only one time i've cried on podcast on the podcast certainly from like like actual emotion rather than us just cracking up like so much um but um but that was, um, yeah, uh, Tissaia's death scene in mm -hmm. the final episode of, of season three. Um, you know, yeah, you want to hear a grown man kind of break into tears, you know? And then Listen you made me episode. cry, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I was doing fine. And then Tim started getting teary and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you had, if memory serves you had one single tear you know yeah, that you should perfect tear just down the side yeah um yeah no it's just like i i mean anyone who listens to our podcast um would have known this you know like from early on i've been such a big to say a fan and this this is this happens in the book so valerie and i kind of knew it was coming and one thing we all Oh. there she is all right sorry oh, where did i where did i freeze <laughs> up <laughs> um we all freeze you were up? talking about how you knew that it was, that it was coming they had to say it was going to die okay, okay. Um, yeah, so ever since um, we realized that 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 was coming, that we knew that this was going to be coming, and we knew it was going to be so much more difficult in the show um, than it was in the books, like, like, yeah, we were kind of dreading it. And basically, from episode six onward, um, I was just uneasy like unsure yeah. like okay is it going to happen here is it going to happen in the battle like they could change it they could have it play a little differently um they've already changed a lot to say a story and so um yeah i was dreading and so but the problem with like the final episode is i started maybe hoping they weren't going to do that and that she'd survive and they you know keep her going since they had made her like such a bigger character and um and so then once i realized like oh no this is this is happening and they scripted that moment so well um and so sad that you know yeah to me that's by far the most emotional yeah. scene same tim pretty much summed it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i, ha I have it to say a down like a different scene with this say a down for the saddest uh -huh. so that's like gonna be a little later um, mm. But yeah, I chose for the most emotional was when Geralt was crying over his mom. Aww. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is striking to see Geralt cry. Yeah, um, he cries in the Hexer as well, and I remember oh. like I was a little surprised by that too. And did you notice when when he's on the ground after Vilgaforce defeats him? It seems like he also has tears in his eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In his yeah, so that yeah. I got sense because you know he felt like he had be- he couldn't be there for Siri, like he wasn't able to protect yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. So he let down his kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Where's all? <laughs> Worse. I mean, is there any other one? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I know. Mean, I knew you guys were going to say that, so I was like, okay, I have the liberty to choose something else. So, well, I don't know. Valerie sometimes surprises me. Why, Valerie? What is your worst? Betrayal? I said Vilgafort's yeah, being yeah. horrible to Tissaia. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's <laughs> the thing. I don't know. Like, I to me, it's just the one that really, really stands yeah. out. I don't know that there could be another one that's quite that bad. That said, the only reason I ask is I do know. Sometimes I think Valerie knows. Like, oh, Tim's probably going to do this so i want to be different you know so um but if we're both the same one then yeah i mean it really um you know like it just that was i guess i don't know you could you could feel either way about it but i feel like in creating a relationship between tissaia and vilgaforts in the show that does not exist in the books it just made his it created a more it made his betrayal feel more personal mm-hmm. because he just you know he kind of just largely shows up um when um when Geralt and, and yan come to eratusa and there are a bunch of scenes well there's a big long scene between you know Geralt and and Vilgaforts and and you know he's definitely a presence but um you don't really know him the way you do on the show um so yeah his his betrayal um does seem you know a little more just i like it feels like a betrayal you know rather than just some some guy deciding who you barely know deciding to throw in with Nilfgaard so um so i thought I thought they handled it really well. It doesn't, it does certainly doesn't hurt that. Um, oh God. How do we say her, find her name was Mia, Miana, Miana Burring or yeah. like, yeah, I think is that how we I've, thought I've it was Miana, but then Miana? people started saying there was like an interview recently with Lauren where she said Miana. So Miana. I'm like, now I'm like, God damn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Swearing on your podcast. We swear on our podcast. Guys. Yeah. Um, gosh, yeah. darn it. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we were like, are we, have we been saying her name wrong for three seasons? Oh. I know. It always gets yeah. us like we, you know, the pronunciations. She's not the only actor we've found out we were mispronouncing um but like um um yeah her performance is so great that you feel that betrayal when she when she realizes it matter of fact i think i might have had that down as like one year later answers yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah so that's that i guess that would be both of ours mm-hmm. it is i was re-watching it yesterday and i was oh my god it was like <laughs> so upset yeah. yeah um but by the way i know you you would love to say uh, i forgot to mention before um my husband also loves to say because uh, he uh-huh. loves mm-hmm. strong dominant women <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i got him a she was on cameo at some point so i got him oh a nice yeah oh that's, <laughs> that's, that's really cool yeah she yeah. was on she was on cameo i think at one point <laughs> yeah um, so my worst betrayal was when kahir killed um gallatin oh yeah and that was the other big one yeah, yeah. <laughs> which bothered me for two reasons one because kahir is just uh, a mindless person for until all the way to the very end like he's just doing it because amir told him and the second thing is that i don't think there was any utility for you amir in it i think he only did it as a test of kahir's loyalty yeah he just did it to be a jerk <laughs> 
which is crazy. Like this is <laughs> grew up together. They saved each other's lives multiple yeah. times. And this is what you do just, just as a proof of loyalty for your jerk leader. I'm so yeah. upset. <laughs> I, honestly, I love Kahir, but this season I was like yeah. very not happy with Kahir. I was like, like okay, I lost what my you life. doing, buddy? What's yeah. going on there? Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I agree. Um, like you kind of saw it coming, you know, you kind of did, but yeah, I was, no, I, I didn't. So, uh, oh yeah, you, oh, right. you didn't, I mean, well, none of that's in the book. That's all original for the show. So it's not like I a hundred percent knew it was coming, but I don't know. I suspected. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. When yeah. I was watching it again, when I saw Amir, like kind of Polka here aside, then, then I realized it was foreshadowed there. You're like, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, is, that is another really bad betrayal absolutely <laughs> all right most disappointing decision uh the costumes oh man i some of the cost some of the costumes are fine like there's and we have a costume question later i believe mm-hmm. i think right yeah favorite yeah, costume favorite. which we'll get to but um i just i don't know what was up with yen's wardrobe this entire season like i didn't love her wardrobe in season two but i could hand wave it because she was on the run and she didn't have magic so it made sense that she wouldn't have like the same pizzazz but i just thought her stuff was so ugly and cheap looking (laughs) in season three and she's such a beautiful woman and it made me so sad so (laughs) now some of the other costumes were great but yeah I know like the um the costumes that she started out with like the peasant like costumes. Yeah. I, I to like them aesthetically because I like that look, but yeah, it doesn't strike me as Well, see, yeah. that's the thing. They look like something you'd get at H&M. Like they look like modern, you know, a, a chic yeah. take on like a peasant outfit, but it doesn't look like fantasy world. It looks like I need to go to the Ren fair this weekend. What do I have in my closet that I can throw together to like, you know, have an outfit. So, yeah. yeah. Too clean, too new. Also, I noticed that. Yeah. Like, I was watching, I was like, elastic neckline. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I mean, it's interesting to me, Valerie, that you, you, because I, I read this question as like most disappointing character decision. Yeah. And it's oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely like well, <laughs> put my own flavor on it. But, well, yeah. oh, that's the thing is it's like, I'm like, oh, here I thought I was being clever. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know my answer. So, miss, most disappointing decision. To say I choosing to take her life, no, that's brutal, hard, and disappointing, but I blame Bill Gefortz for breaking mm-hmm. her heart. Siri surrendering to the darkness, no, she's desperate, and we all make poor decisions growing up. Um, Kahir choosing a mirror over the life of his friend, Mindy, I mean, it's definitely mm-hmm. disappointing in part because, um, at least selfishly, it meant no more of Valerie's Robbie Amell impression on our podcast. Um, <laughs> that was funny. Thank you. <laughs> but, Very one but, note, but you know, I do what I can. <laughs> but to me, it's it's not the most disappointing decision. Rather, that would be the decision not to put Valdo Marx's second song, A Jinx Upon <laughs> That Minx, on the soundtrack. Oh. So come on, Netflix, this needs to happen. <laughs> That's weird. I agree. It's a funny song too. Yeah. I know. And they put so many songs on the the, yeah, the soundtrack. It's like Fifty this songs it's long. A, yeah. It's a it's a stacked soundtrack, including like like a bunch of songs that you know kind of Yaskier hardly sings on the you know, and they did a whole fleshed out version. But that song, nope, not released. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love it. Do so you see what I work with when I you you do a podcast with a writer? He like comes guns loaded with all this stuff. He's just got a beautiful written out thing, and I'm like. I I thought the costumes were bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're, you're <laughs> out. Don't worry. Uh, it's interesting. So, Tim, your first thing that you mentioned is what I chose as the worst decision. Disappointment. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. the worst decision. 
So it feels terrible to blame someone when they're obviously like in so much pain. Mm-hmm. But I was very disappointed that to say I killed herself because yeah. she is so indispensable and she was the leader and she was the maternal figure and she was so powerful and they needed her and she could have done so much good. And I was very sad that she yeah. didn't feel like she she could contribute. And yeah. like, it's not true. No, to say I like you're yeah. so needed. Yeah, I know. It's it. I mean, that's all of it. It's why it's so hard and why like when, you know, like I should I should mention when we watch when I watched the scene, I was definitely sad. Um, You know, like, I I don't know. I think I might have cried a little bit, but like I was not expecting to do it when we were discussing it. But it was because we were like really had to dive into kind of, you know, where she was and what she said and how how Yen reacted to it. And, you know, yeah, suddenly Valor and I found ourselves super emotional on Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not our, that's not our MO. I mean, there might be some people who do that sort of stuff a lot, but that's not, that's not me. And that's not Valerie. Yeah. So that was, that was, you know, that was very surprising. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that yeah. episode yet, but I will. And I'll, I'll listen to it. Oh, yeah. But we both cry. It's a good time. The rest of it's not heavy. It's not no, a heavy episode. It's a, just a um, heavy topic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, you know. It's a topic to that address. affects a lot of people. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, the next one is, I guess, another heavy question. And the other ones are more funny. So most tense moment, which is interesting because, um, well, just go ahead and I'll tell you my tense moment. How about that? I mean, for me, it's like all of episode five, like the siege on Eratusa, the fight oh, between Carol. Episode, and... episode oh, six, you mean? Excuse me. Yeah. And we were at a party last night, guys. My brain's not good. <laughs> yeah. The siege on Eratusa, the, the fight between Vogelforts and Geralt, like the whole thing was just like a powder keg and it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it's funny because I thought there's a number of good choices, but that was pretty much my answer as well. Um, you know, the the Thanid coup and um, Geralt's battle with um, Vil- Vilgefort, you know, it's both because I knew what was coming and was dreading it. Like I knew Geralt was going to lose that fight and get seriously hurt by Vilgefort. Um, but I also knew that they could change things and defy our expectations in the cruelest ways. Like I mentioned, um, I was wondering, you know, could could to say his death happened during the battle you know could it she die in in battle or like after casting that giant spell rather than um you know the way she does in the books like any any number of things could happen and um and did including a number of like shocking deaths that aren't in the book um that like yeah i think that whole episode was just you know edge of your seat for me as well yeah i mean mine is also from within the episode i agree the whole episode is it's just mm-hmm. a massively, you know, emotional and like, wow, dramatic episode. For me, like the most tense moment was when, when Billy Gaffors betrays to say, uh, and then opens mm-hmm. the door for the elves Ooh, to come yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Whoa. And she's just yeah. standing there alone. alone like, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely was a gut punch for me when I saw that too. I'm like, Oh no. Cause you know, you see, yeah, her, his betrayal sink in on her. And when she realizes it, Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then immediately, yeah, they, you know, suddenly she's confronted by all these, these elves mm-hmm. although i do admire that like she immediately gets her resolve so you know she's awesome uh, yeah yeah i love her <laughs> <laughs> all right most confusing scene <laughs> should i go uh, oh, i'm sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about this on the podcast for me and yeah this doesn't necessarily paint me well but <laughs> i did not pick up it was not clear to me that 
Geralt thought Siri was maybe dead when the tower exploded mm -hmm. because he's in Brocklawn and he's all like just being emo and he's not doing what he needs to do to try and get better and he's very depressed and you're I, I don't know I was watching that like I don't understand why you're in this headspace like why aren't you fighting to get your kid back and Tim pointed out to me he was like oh well he you know thinks she died and I don't know I just didn't get that from the scene I didn't pick up on that and after Tim pointed out I'm like okay yeah that makes total sense but just in how, I don't know, how it was shot or how it was played, that just wasn't something that I interpreted from the scene. So all the subsequent actions that Geralt was doing made no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and for me, um, my answer, and it, it you know, it, it's confusing in the moment when you're watching these episodes for the first time, but I think it's, you know, it it comes together by the end of the season is just the um, the debut of Taryn, you know, this mm -hmm. um, this alternate Siri and that after coming after that weird, creepy scene with, you know, the. The, the I call it the Cronenberg monster. Um, oh, the you know. human Katamari Damashi. Yeah, yeah. It's um yeah. After that, like, and then suddenly there's this this other young woman who you know is saying that she's Siri and you know and and knows Geralt. Um, yeah. I mean, like at the end of of that episode, I was just like, what in the what is that? What's <laughs> going on? Um, and um, I guess this know. is not in the books. Um, no. Well, well sort not, of the 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 fake siri is the but you don't you don't get this detail into her sort of creation if that's the right word you know like it's um yeah and that certainly that 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 discovery of that creature in the the monster fight that's not that doesn't happen so um so this is stuff that they kind of fleshed out and so at the at the time fleshed I out do, sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the yeah literally <laughs> at the time they they I couldn't I didn't quite put the two pieces together in fairness we you know we talked about this on our part we were watching these episodes really late at night you know or i at least i was um and um and i couldn't i didn't quite make that connection that oh this is eventually going to be fake siri um but you know yeah like now that we got into the end of the season and we realized that it's like okay all right i see it um and so i said i'm not confused by it anymore but at the moment it definitely was the most confusing moment for me right okay so what was most confusing for me was um, when the ballroom scene started repeating itself. Mm -hmm. um, I literally like exited Netflix to make sure I was like, did it restart by mistake? <laughs> the episode, like, yeah. did, it, did I start watching five instead of four, four again? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And then I realized that they were actually repeating it. <laughs> like, uh -huh. Yeah, um, that, that's fair because they've, it's not like they have a, a tendency of doing stuff like that. I mean, they've messed with timelines before we talked about that, like mm -hmm. how, especially in season one, you know, there's all sorts of crazy timeline shenanigans, but you know, not like this. So it was a, it did, it did take me a moment too. Um, but I don't know. I personally love episode five. So that, you know, once I realized what they were doing, I love, I went with it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Best hairstyle. This will be fun to hear. <laughs> well, I'm going to go first. Cause I don't have much to say about this. Is so much more Valerie's bag than mine, but like, um, pretty much every one of Philippa's hairstyles would be <laughs> my answer. Um, and if Valerie agrees, she can say why, cause I'm sure she can. Yeah. I loved everything Philippa had. Did you watch blood origin? Did you see what your blood yeah. origin? So they had the hair hat in blood yeah, origin like and one. this time they had the predecessor to the hair hat the right, hair yes. veil, which yeah. was awesome, but just everything they did. I love Philippa's hair so much, so much thought and care went into it you don't get to see cool black hairstyles especially in a fantasy show 
and the fact that she had hairstyles that were representative of what was going on in the scene. So when she was doing the whipping scene, her hair was in a high tight braid that was like a whip. And at the end, when she's crowning Radovid, she has the Bantu knots that are resembling a crown. Mm -hmm. And it was just so cool to see like such varied and interesting hairstyles that also had a, a nice little nod to what was going on in the story. That's very like, I cool. just loved everything she had. I didn't yeah. even pay attention to that. I noticed she had like the best, I agree she had the best hairstyles. So like every yeah. time something different, I didn't notice the connection to the scene. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would love to talk to the hairdresser and just see like how much of that was intentional, but I felt like that, yeah, there was a very intentional eye when they were putting it together and they just look great. Like all of her hairstyles were all awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, <laughs> I was also thinking about like, which is, do I have a particular hairstyle? And then I was watching the, the Thanet ball and another word with the ball there was this random woman walking by she had like a braid and on top of like a massive hair I don't know how to describe it but she was mm. literally a, an extra and I like that the best wow. <laughs> like, that's really cool yeah I'm gonna have to rewatch that and yeah. look for this, this I think she was wearing this brown woman. it was like um it kind of looked like let's say a wedge very medieval looking yeah it was like, a, uh -huh. like a crown of hair and yeah. a braid on top of that interesting I liked it <laughs> I've not cool. yeah I don't I, I don't it's, it's not ringing a bell for me so I'm gonna have to rewatch it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um that's kind of cool <laughs> I did not yeah. expect random extra to also be um <laughs> runner up a uh, pirate Istrid looked uh, hot <laughs> yeah I don't know he got a glow up this season he was always an attractive guy but this season like the sexy pirate hair was really doing it for everyone apparently <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> um all right most beautiful setting hmm like yeah it's interesting because like a lot of I felt like they didn't have the big sweeping landscapes like the yeah. desert I thought was really beautiful especially when they have the big shots and it's just her and it's just her footprints and there's nobody else for miles like I thought that was a really cool scene and then <laughs> Yarpin's Airbnb as we call it the house where they're like being a family for a while and it's just this beautiful like is that the one with the lake it's the one with the snow yeah. Yeah, the snow with the ice skating and everything. Like, that was just a really pretty. I'm like, I would stay there. That looks like a great house. <laughs> so is that your, is that your favorite I think one? so. Like, the, the desert, I think, was just a really cool. Yeah. Well, the desert, yeah. the desert is mine, uh, which yeah. I thought was a weird thing to say, but I started <laughs> with it. So I guess well, not. it's pretty. So, I mean, like, but yeah, like, it's, it's, I'm not usually a desert person. And that one certainly is a, as inhospitable as they get um like you know it's it's nothing but danger and peril to siri um but it was also really beautiful at night like beneath all the stars mm -hmm. with siri singing a little sacrifice as she like tried to navigate herself by them um you know i thought like that was like really just kind of both tender and heartfelt and sad and um and you know i don't know i guess i'm i'm just a sucker for like a big you know, um, clear starscape, you know, and, and, and so, well, the, during the day, you know, I, I don't think I'd appreciate the beauty of the desert at night, like, you know, especially like sort of the things Valerie mentioned, you know, her, her footsteps and, you know, surrounded by these, it, it is sort of this, like this, this weird sort of beauty there. So I would say that that was, yeah, definitely my favorite. Yeah, I totally see. So what I chose was actually very humble. Um, I mm. loved Annika's roof. The oh book. yeah, I totally oh, that agree. was very beautiful. Yeah. So usually, you know, I kind of like like the flowers on a meadow, like on the floor, but like it was very pretty. So mm. I agree. I know that I noticed that too when we were watching, and I'm like, oh, this is some cool set design. I, mean, I might have mentioned that on our one of our episodes, but yeah, I oh. really like that. 
I don't yeah, remember that. I've seen that. it used in decor, like setting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously we see wallflowers and then I've seen like people do it as in the ceiling and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to rewatch that one yeah. because yeah, I don't remember, um, I don't remember that set either. So Mindy, yeah. you're giving me a lot of stuff to rewatch. <laughs> so, yeah. All yeah. right. Most beautiful, uh, favorite costume. Okay, now um, I'll say nice things about the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let Valerie go second. In part no. because she's um she has a lot more to say about this than I do, but also in part because she a little bit stole my 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 thunder on this one. Um like, well, just a little bit because um I loved um pretty much like I said earlier, I love pretty much every um costume. Well, I said this on our podcast, I love pretty much every costume worn by Cassie Claire this season in a role as Philippa. But my favorite costume is probably Istrid's formal outfit at the oh. Fan and Ball. I mean, who knew sexy pirate was going to work so well for him, but it does. Um, so um, yeah, no, Istrid at the ball. I wish I could pull off that look. Um <laughs> I actually know, better like... have a friend who does wear stuff like that on a regular basis. Oh, nice. he, I don't like I, I can see why. Stairs, but yeah. yeah. If if you could pull it off, I could see why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So anyhow, that's that's mine. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked a lot of the, you know, as much as I make fun of Yennefer's costumes, I really liked a lot of the background characters' costumes or the secondary characters' costumes. I think Radovid's costume is great mm-hmm. for a few different reasons. I I saw an interview with the costume designer where she was talking about like how she was doing specific color palettes for specific places and Redania was red which was a thing I noticed when I was watching it so there's a lot of red in Redania and Radovid's got this um, beautiful like brocade tailored uh, doublet but then he's got the huge fur on top of it which is this show of like opulence and wealth and luxury but it also does the task because I believe you know I haven't seen Hugh Skitter in person but I think he's a bit slighter than Joey Beatty but because of how the costume is built and he's got this big fur around him it makes him look bigger and makes him look comparable in size which is a cool costuming trick so I really liked his whole vibe like the rock star swagger that he had going on it was cool yeah that's interesting because um maybe because i'm like too american but when i when i see that fur to me it also it just looks a little ridiculous because it's like overdone <laughs> right, um yeah and maybe because like, we're not used to that and this just looks like too much to us so but that to me also seemed very much in in tune with mm-hmm. Radovid because he's forced into this role he's not really into it he he kind of looks ridiculous a lot of times because he he plays like a fool so it fit in very well with who he was yeah um so yeah so i mean you guys talk about cassie clary yeah philippa's costume at the ball was my favorite costume you know yeah. with the, see, I, oh see you and tim I love, I, yeah i love that one valerie did not like it but to me yeah. i'm like no that feels exactly like what philippa would wear <laughs> at, at something like that like i feel like she got the memo um and um all these other kind of just boring black you know dresses that people you know the sorceresses were wearing they just didn't stand out enough to me mm-hmm. um and, you know, and the one thing we know about that scene in the the book is, um, you know, they're all supposed to be out competing for attention yeah. with each other. So I, th- uh, I think she has pants, too, which is kind of a cool. Yeah. 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 It's very Cher like to me. It reminded yeah. me of Cher, like in the oh, 80s, 70s and 80s. Cher. Yeah. 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 So um, that was kind of what I thought. She always looks yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love her. That's what I said. I love her as a character. I love her and Dijkstra together because that's that's part of it is I'm like does she need him you know like I don't know that she does so the fact that she you know um um stays like there you know stays with him and works with him like I you know part of me is like well she must need him for reasons other than you know 
um, power political, you know, like they probably have this sort of support for each other. So I don't know, a little bit of a tangent, but I love, um, I just, I love them both. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, nice there's no see, wrong answer with them. It's nice to see like a strong relationship that isn't romantic or sexual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to see. That too. That and too. it's not friendship yeah. either. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's like a mix between pragmatic, pragmatic, you know, pragmatism and mm -hmm. some mm -hmm loyalty you know yeah yeah but i don't know i think um i think the fact that she she you know um believes in him and kind of at the end stays you know sort of um basically stays with him she could have abandoned him um and um and frankly i expected her to and so the fact that she doesn't and puts this faith in him shows that you know i don't know there might be something like i'm not saying romantic like i'm definitely not romantic but that um but that, you know, it might be more than just pragmatism, because that's what I thought it was. That's what I was expecting is like, this is just a pragmatic, you know, relationship of convenience. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know that it is. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, most tender moment. Um, first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can go on ahead. I mean, there are definitely a few standouts, um, but I'm going to go with the one that's well, one that I think is probably a bit different, at least for the sort of stuff I would say. Um, and um, I would say the two real moments that Yaskir and Siri share together this mm -hmm. season, um, the scene where they come up with dialogue for Geralt and Yen's reunion, um, mm -hmm. and the moment they share when he's watching her during the ball, you know, when he's um, they play cards and he sings a little bit of a little sacrifice. Um you know, we haven't really seen these two characters together all that often. And so it's nice to me to see that there's genuine love, care, and affection between them. Um, Siri definitely needs it. And um, I don't know, the chemistry between them is so are so great. You know, I wish we got more of it. So, Aww. yeah. Yeah, that was that's a great, sweet. yeah, it's a great moment. I like the family stuff where, especially in episode one, where the main trio are starting to become a family and really starting to like, um, learn and grow and discover their relationships and their bonds you know when Siri and Yennefer are ice skating Geralt's watching them fondly and then they kind of fall down laughing which was an accident I don't know <laughs> if you know that they uh that was they both actually the actresses wiped out and they kept it in the show so uh but yeah it was just a really sweet like getting them getting those family vibes was really adorable yeah yeah it is <laughs> uh, my the moment that felt most tender to me was when Yennefer decided she had to go back to help Tissaia. Mm, no. That was very sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. There's a number of them. Um, I'm not surprised we all have different ones. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> All right. Let's try to fit as many as we can in the next few minutes. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. uh, kindest character. See, this one, I don't really have an answer. I don't know. Like, I would say sometimes Yaskir, but then Yaskir is also very self-serving. You know, it's like... Tim, do you have a... Absolutely. Um, oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, like Siri, right up until the final episode. I mean, yeah. she's like, she so desperately wants to help people um, and is willing to do anything to prevent others from coming to harm. Like, you know, the minute... Um, you know, she's told that, you know, oh, we can't go this place because, you know, we have to go here, we, you know, to save these, like, she'll yeah. always say yes to it. Um, you know, she's just, you know, 
she doesn't want people um, hurt. She doesn't like, you know, like she wants a better world. She's so idealistic um, that, you know, it's then kind of a bit gut wrenching mm. to see where she ends up and know, especially if you know what's kind of ahead. Mm. Um, now it feels real. It feels human. You know, like it feels like this is this is kind of what life is like. We start off more idealistic than often we end up. Um, but right now she's absolutely, I think, the kindest character. Mm. You know mm -hmm. what? I'm going to take a page from that book, but I'm going to say also Triss, because mm -hmm. Triss is the only one that seemed to give a crap about the girls that just randomly were missing <laughs> in her. That's, a good, that's a good like, answer, too. She's the only yeah. one that's like, hey, where are our students? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was very disappointed yeah. with the sorceresses in general. Yeah. I mean, from, from season one with Eratusa and how, you know, Yennefer was treated when she went there, I was appalled. And then yeah. now how the you know, the, now that they're teachers, they did not seem to be treating them any better. So I agree. <laughs> yeah, that really yeah. bugged me, actually. That was another confusing moment in the show where to say as she's Trist is like, hey, the students are missing. And to say is like, oh, whatever. And I'm like, what are you doing to say? <laughs> I know you're not the headmistress anymore, but we should care if like young girls go missing. Yep. <laughs> Especially knowing what happened to them <laughs> in the story. Yeah, same. I, and my yeah. kids are in school and like the links that, you know, the administration right. to make sure that kids are accounted for is like, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. the number one rule. Don't lose the kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I definitely also thought of Siri as a contender, but I ultimately went with Geralt because he's an adult mm -hmm. and Siri is young. So, you know, it's kind of a little bit more expected, but Geralt is someone who hasn't lost his moral code. Um, and he often, you know, perseveres with his moral code at great detriment to himself um and my you know the, the two cases in this season was he said this line that i really liked he said i will not pay for someone i love by having contempt for myself um mm -hmm. in terms of having someone else replace siri and like die instead of her and um and then when he saved you know there was a what they were passing through um all the way at the end um, they're going through a checkpoint and like this other family was being harassed and this girl was being kidnapped he he was like okay you know, too bad. I am just going on out. I'm going to rescue them. Um, and I, I admire that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they're all good answers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I don't disagree with any of them. Those are, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like kindness looks different in this world, yeah. I think, you know, than what we would tend to associate it with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is a very cruel world. world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's I tough. So. All right. Biggest surprise. Philip um, Andrew's death. Oh, Philip uh, <laughs> Andrew getting exploded. I was like, oh, because that is not a thing that happens in the book. So every time they something is different, I'm like, woohoo, I didn't know that was going to happen. Yay. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm curious. That, or that's funny that you picked his. But yeah, his is definitely a big, a big shock. I mean, I'm not going to rehash what I said, because we kind of went on a tangent earlier. But for me, it was the Dijkstra and Philip mm -hmm. um, relationship for all the reasons I said, like, three minutes ago so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's rewind yeah <laughs> i don't know if it's so much a surprise I, I chose it for surprise whether it fits i don't know but when stregobor helps the major oh yeah which is out <laughs> and he i it probably is my favorite moment in the entire season i love it because he's such and a he's jerk still... and he's so annoying and he's so racist and he just yeah. uses that same quality to save yeah. the day and it's hilarious and funny he, he does fire magic which he's been railing against and he's up, and he's so funny and so perfect and so suited and he's still a racist 
mother or whatever. But yeah. but also at that moment in time, I'm so, you know, I'm like, I'm rooting for the sorceresses over the elves mm-hmm. at that point. I'm like, oh my God, like save them someone. So yeah, fantastic. That was he a saved, delightful moment. Yeah, He saves pretty much all of them. Like, yeah, if not for that, I don't think they would have gotten out. So I think I um, tweeted on our account. I was like, Stregobor went out doing what he loved, being a racist <laughs> jerk. Yeah, it's it's a great moment. It's such a twist. It's like it's unexpectedly delightful. Yeah. 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 Never thought we would say that about (laughs) Stregobor. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. And I'm kind of glad he did they didn't really redeem him, you know. He's still (laughs) so yeah. Saddest moment, which I feel like we lower cut it, but yeah, saddest moment. Vilgaport's face getting ruined. Really I, be your answer. I, I feel like that's not the intention of the question but yeah <laughs> is that really your answer Valerie I mean that's what I wrote down but like the, I would say like the family getting separated Siri feeling mm-hmm. abandoned you know Siri's uh like Tim talked about so eloquently how Siri at the end of it is kind of given up and she's laughing I'm trying to turn this around he's laughing at me it was sad he, I agree I it was a beautiful face his, no it's only half a beautiful face <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do No, you. I'm just... done. You go. No. no I want to hear what you have to say, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if I could get it out after. <laughs> oh. oh, so my answer, my answer was um, um, uh, in the final episode when Yen reveals the helplessness and anger she feels over to say a suicide, and Geralt shares how distraught he is over being unable to protect Siri. Like to me. Um, it's like it's like the 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 culmination of where the relationship has come from or come to this season. Like they're both grieving and they're both hurting. Um, and for the first real time, they seem like they're both willing to open up like completely to each other um, rather than closing themselves off, which they've done in the past. And um, I'm not always the biggest, um, you know, Geralt and Yen fan um, out there. I talk about that a lot on the 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 podcast, um, even though I love both the characters and I love both the actors playing um, them. It's, it, you know, I'm not always big, but this moment I just thought felt really true and genuine and and they were both showing a lot of vulnerability. And while that we talked about this in our episode on it, the, that scene didn't make a lot of sense. I think, you know, narratively, it gave them both like a good final um, scene on screen together to kind of go out on. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, to me, that was that was that was the saddest one to me just because of how how both they were, how much they were both hurting and how much they had felt like they had failed people that were important to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sad. Well, mine was mentioned. Um, Phil Evangel exploding mm. because oh. I liked him. I hate Fra- uh, Francesca, but mm. <laughs> but I love Phil Evangel. So it was very sad when he died, and mm. I know that you know Francesca blew her apart also. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so sorry to the listeners. We're gonna speed speed round. Lightning round, yeah. This morally appalling view. It's a complex <laughs> question, but we'll have to do it fast. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, before it's experimenting on young girls. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I yeah. was gonna say Stregobor, which you pretty much we we kind of yeah. said all the reasons why um, he goes out well, but yeah, still appalling moral worldview. So. Yeah. Figured those would be the two answers. Mindy, <laughs> do you have another racist, one? Francesca, because oh. she's just again racist against all humans, and um, you know she doesn't see the irony that like what she hates about them, she's doing herself, and she also does it to the detriment of her own people. She's an ideologue and a zealot, and 
she's a purist in the sense that she doesn't recognize that she's damaging her people by with her ideology. Hmm. So that'd be all right. Character <laughs> you're rooting for the most. I think Siri. I yeah, want to, you Siri. know, I want Siri to like do okay. You can do it, girl. I believe yeah. in you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think like you know, you're you're kind of meant to root for her. Yeah. So same. Yeah. Especially yeah. The episodes when she's eating all those bugs, poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Fourth wall break. And actually, uh, did I put this in? I, I don't remember. I don't I think so. It. So it'll be a fun no. surprise. Because I was watching something and there was a full fourth wall break and it was so funny that I was like, I have to put it in. Okay. So I'm wondering if you guys, okay. So spontaneously, did, did anything strike you as a fourth wall break? Huh. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I'm gonna say because I want to bring him up, <laughs> and I will, I will, I will, I will censor myself. But Mother Effin, you know, Valdo Marks, yes. and his like, you know, like like coming between the camera and um, Yaskir. That you was know, pretty like, great. Yeah. yeah, like I don't know if that's technically a fourth wall break, but it found it felt like one to me, and I love that moment. <laughs> I know Valerie does too. So. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's my answer as well. Yeah. yeah. That was funny. So I, I put this in because I was watching episode one and I don't remember when it was, but someone said things are changing fast and furiously. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Oh, oh the wind I, howling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes, is writing whatever, Ride of the Witcher or the Ride Witcher Ride as we all call it. And yeah, he's like, wind howling? No, I feel like that's been done. So yeah, yeah. that's a common in the game. Wind how winds howling is like yeah. some Witcher three all the time. So you're right. That was one. So there are a few fourth yeah. wall breaks. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. Creepiest scene. Flash monster. Yeah. 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 I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing none else. Of can, none of them can compare. Yeah. <laughs> Even Vilgefort's face is not that creepy. Tim saw it before I did, and he texted me just to be like, I had weird dreams after that episode. And I was like, oh, I wonder why. And then I saw the episode and I was like, that's it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Most touching relationship. The familial bonds, uh, both the family of the, the main three and also Yaskir being part of that family as well. Like I, that really did it for me. I'm a big, big sucker for found families in general. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, I distilled it, you know, just to a single relationship, but it fits under what Valerie said. And it's just, it's always going to be Geralt and Siri. I mean, to me, mm -hmm. that's what I love about the Witcher first and foremost is kind of this, this, you know, surrogate, you know, father daughter relationship at its heart and um and the fact that that's really starting to shit take shape this season even compared to last season where i didn't really feel like it did it's starting to really do it this season so um so yeah that's that's always going to be my my favorite yeah i went for a little bit more of an unconventional one um i liked radvin and yaskier mm -hmm. because i liked it because it was very imperfect and i think that it's it's a testament to maturity that you can forgive someone for um making a mistake or doing things that are really maybe shitty, but you understand it given the circumstances. And I think that, you know, the fact that they forgave each other and Yaskier especially forgave him with, you know, showing him like a, an escape route, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. um, that showed that they're they're not idealistic enough to perfect, expect perfection. And they were able to understand that everyone's human and does things that aren't perfect. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Who do you want to eat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so I actually messaged you earlier about this because I was like, does this all have to be season three? Because I'm going to be real. 
there's not a lot of yummy food in season three. <laughs> there's like some radishes or whatever they're eating at the table in the first episode. And I mean, Gerald seems to love those radishes. Good for him, man, not me. <laughs> and there's uh, like the canapes and there's like the meat in Redania. And other than that, I'm not really thinking. So I'm going to I'm going to cheat and I'm just going honey cake. Sorry. Nightmare <laughs> of the Wolf honey cake is still the supreme oh. witcher food, in my opinion. I mean, I got an answer that that fits in season three. Yeah. I mean, it's all the food at the ball because it's magic and calorie free. So I could eat as much as I'd like. And of course, I drink the wine knowing that it's an aphrodisiac because <laughs> as we've discussed on our podcast, mages, they know how to get a little crazy in the sack. You know? So I'm not going to be opposed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny because when I was watching it again, I was like, there I was thinking about this question. I was like, there must have been food of the ball but i could not even remember that was what yeah, i was I thinking what it too. is because yeah. in the books there's like delightful moments where he and philip a like girl and philip are like pounding shrimp at the buffet table and it's like one of the most charming it's one of my favorite moments in that book it's so silly but they didn't really have that like he grabbed the canopy and shoved it in his mouth but that was pretty much it so yeah i was taking about, it a little more literally right, about, than tim where you don't really serious see... donuts uh cereal with her donuts when we know you like donuts i do like donuts it's almost okay <laughs> yeah i know that's fair you're, you're, you're <laughs> kind of like better one i just love that scene with her like with the both you All know the donuts, donuts yeah. in both hands <laughs> and like you know the guy said something snarky to her and i'm like i'm like dude you know <laughs> like no i felt called out yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I agree there wasn't much food this this season, but in episode one, when they're sitting at the table, so there was two dishes at the table. There was that salad, which I was mm -hmm. like, to me, looked so unappetizing. I love salad, but it was like big leaves yeah. and no dressing, which was like the yeah. worst salad to me. <laughs> but there was something that, in retrospect, it's probably like smashed like sweet potatoes, but I thought it was mac and cheese first. So I was like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, all right. The old mac and cheese. I know it's not mac and cheese, but. <laughs> I think All right, that's and last fair. question. Favorite monster of the season? Wouldn't be a Witcher podcast without a monster. I mean, I love that flesh monster. It's so creepy. It's awful. And it's original to the show. So like one of the mm -hmm. writers came up with that, which is, you know, that's great. Like, it's just the, ooh, it's it's very cringe in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm like, I, I think that's actually would probably be my answer but i'm going to say something different i didn't actually have this one down so off the cuff i'm going to say vilgaforts um, as as valerie would always say in season one the real monster is man all along mm -hmm. and the fact that he looks like a monster at the end of the season i think i think you know that's just mm -hmm. meant to be obvious sort of symbolism um so um so yeah vilgaforts i mean he's 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 kind of our big bad yeah, that's a good one. I'm mm. going to go with Valerie's answer also, yeah. Flesh Monster, because it's yeah. perfectly creepy and poignant and heartfelt yeah. and horrible. Yeah. And like, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, like going literally, I don't think they've ever had a scarier monster or creepier monster than that one. Um, I don't know. Like, I love I love the Eshna too. I love yeah. like, you know, that Siri takes that one down. You know, there's, yeah, there's, there's some good ones this season. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna have to rush but it was so so nice to to have you on and to meet you in person yes. and everyone listen to their podcast their podcast is fantastic it is so funny I love it it's like just so fun to listen to and so yeah thank if you, you want scene by scene you know episode by episode that's the place to go well thank you so much it's <laughs> yeah. been lovely one of the great things about doing the podcast is getting to meet people like you as well mm -hmm. that we never would have even known about before doing Witcher stuff so it's so mm -hmm. exciting to get to just chat with awesome people and have fun conversations yeah 
thank you so much for having us on, Mindy. It's been so much fun. Yeah, my pleasure. It was really, really fun. And it's so fun to hear your answers. It's really cool <laughs> to you know, see everyone's brain approach the same material differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I still think Valerie's Vilgefort's face answer is my favorite of the <laughs> my favorite of the session. beautiful face. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is a very good uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to meet you and a pleasure to you know spend this time with you. Really, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you to my current patrons, Lily, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Saucy Tuggles, Anne Rose, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, Esther, I'm watching you people, Emily, Jean, Kay, Lily, Beckett, Christine, Sadie, Teresa, Mrs. Castaldo, Amapora, Ruby, Sufia, and Serena. Your support is truly appreciated.